Bandwidth for this week in photography is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photography is brought to you by Drobo. Find out how you can get your own Drobo at drobo.com slash twip. Welcome to a very special interlude here on Twip. We have a special guest, and he is Andrew Darlow from the Imaging Buffet. Welcome to This Week in Photography, Andrew. Thanks so much, Scott. It's great to be on this fantastic show again. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, many of our audience may not know you. You are what I consider to be a, a digital printing expert. You have a great book out, 301 Inkjet Tips, and you publish the Imaging Buffet. And I forget, I apologize, what was the name of the magazine you used to edit? Uh, digital Imaging Techniques. That was from uh, about 2000. Four to 2006, and it went out to about 30,000 professionals, mostly professional photographers, but others in the graphic arts, and that really trained me to sort of be a journalist and learn what it takes to put together good articles, and uh, it also allowed me to meet just some of the greatest photographers in the world, like Douglas Kirkland, and I can just go on and on. It was just a fantastic experience. Well, I really love that magazine. I'm sorry it's no longer here, but uh, you and I met at an Adobe Influencers Dinner at Las Vegas. And the one thing I was really taken aback with you, uh, Andrew, is that you just love photography. I don't really think I know anybody that has any more pure joy regarding photography than you, which has always made you one of my favorite people. Well, thank you, Scott. I think, and, you know, looking at like your recent trip to Alaska, I think we share that passion. And that's really what it takes, I think. Um, more than anything else, you can buy as much gear as you want. You can take as many pictures as you want. But as long as you love both uh, looking at pictures and taking pictures uh, and then sharing them with others, that's really the key. And, and I've had that, I think, for almost as long as I can remember. And it's the sharing of pictures that brings us to this interview because I'm old school. And as far as I'm concerned, it is not a photograph until it's a print. Absolutely. <laughs> and I Absolutely. realize this puts me at odds with a lot of the younger people in the audience who probably never made a print. They think the web is the end of the, the discussion. But for me, that's just the beginning. I don't even like to put images, frankly, online because I can't control how they look on each person's monitor. I like to make my own prints. And the prints are sort of like the final expression. Ansel Adams used to say that the negative was like the score and the print was the performance and you know a lot about inkjet printing and what we're going to do today is i wanted to have you on to help answer some of our listener questions we have hundreds of questions that go something like this what inkjet printer should i buy oh yes <laughs> of course of course and uh, would you like to go a little further and then i can start or yeah well, let's to- just let's just start at the low level because not everybody in the audience can afford a, an iris printer so if you got about 100 bucks in your pocket is there a printer you can buy that will make a decent photo print okay you're not going to believe this i i just went on now i i i use all different kinds of printer printers different uh, makes models but I happened to go on Epson's website because they have a clearance section. And I found a printer called the Stylus Photo R280, which I've known about for a while. This is an eight and a half inch wide printer. And it's there for $44. This, is, this thing makes beautiful, beautiful gallery quality prints that have been rated over 80 years. It uses this Claria ink set. So to be able to just 
start at a $44 printer is unbelievable. And you mentioned the iris. That's where I sort of cut my chops. That was like a $60,000 printer, which had ink constantly going through it. And you needed a person basically dedicated to it. And now we can have really better quality than that in our home for under $50. So that's just a start. That's amazing. I, I know that you know, twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks usually gets you into the pro caliber, but you're saying that this fifty dollar printer will make a really good print. Yes, and that that one again is a Stylus Photo R two eighty, and um, somehow Epson came out with these these dye based inks that act almost like pigment inks, and I generally only recommend pigment ink printers because my feeling is. If it's not going to last at least 50 years under glass, then you should just go to a, a lab. Just send it out somewhere. There's many great labs that you can just send your prints out to. So I wouldn't even waste my time on a printer that an inkjet printer if it's not going to last at least 50 years. So this is some way they were able to make these prints. Um, you know, you have to use the right paper, but over 50 years under glass, under normal you know, a gallery conditions, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, somewhere in that range. So um, they have a number of them in this Clary ink set. And I'll mention them as we go along. But um, well, let's just, just briefly talk very, very quickly uh, about the differences in these inks for those in our audience that are not familiar with them. Could you explain that? Sure. Well, the main things, the main difference between dye based and pigment based inks are that dyes are sort of like liquids, sort of like colored liquids if you were to take food coloring and drop it into a uh, jar of water and pigments are more like little particles of sand and they've they just inherently tend to last much longer um, but you know just with with new technologies they're able to make better dyes and also better pigments as time goes on so that's the main difference between the two uh, I, I wrote a whole big article for pop photo which uh, I'll try to put the link in if, it, if it's been out yet but I, I went into this exact um, thing between dye and pigment and basically it comes down to um, at this point they're both excellent and in most cases you can get nearly identical results there are some tricks that companies are using like gloss enhancers and uh, that's like on the epson stylus photo r1900 and the hp uh, design jet z3100 so that helps the pigments look even more smooth and that was sort of the advantage of dyes but in almost every case, I recommend pigment ink printers, except in this one case with the Claria dye-based inks. Let's move on down the line. Uh, what's the next sort of pricing level that people need to think about if they want to move up and get just a little bit better quality? And more importantly, what do they get for that? Okay, I'm going to kind of shoot up to the 13-inch wide printers because in the 8.5-inch, there's really only a couple... And they're all in the $100 range, and I'm just going to say, find a Claria ink printer. So once we get to 13-inch, you have uh, great options. I'll, I'm going to start with the Claria ink set printer from Epson, just because I just talked about it, because it, it's almost identical to that R280. It's the Stylus Photo 1400. It has six inks. It's new. It's about 300 but I've seen it show up on the clearance section and refurb at under 200 so, and this is 13 inches wide. It prints on CDs, DVDs, and just really jaw-dropping prints on matte or glossy paper. So that's, that's just the first. That's the best value that I can recommend. Now, what are you getting that you don't get when you buy the sub-$100 printers? Well, the 13-inch width is the major step up. That's the up. major step up, okay. Yeah, other than that, you do get, in that case, the high-volume versions in that particular case, and I'll recommend... 
if you are going to buy one of these Clary ink printers, if they have the high capacity versus low capacity, buy the high capacity because that's really where the cost come in is going to be in the, in the inks over time. Probably good for us to mention that the entire inkjet printer market is based on the old razor blade business model, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. They give you the free razor or the low-cost razor, and then they sock it to you on the inks. The, the, the inks are a lot more expensive over time than the printer. Right, and that's why we'll, we'll, when we go a little bit higher, I'll say to you, well, let's consider that printer that I know you have, but um, just because of that issue. And, yeah, I would definitely look at the cartridges that come with it and then what the replacement costs are going to be in, in advance before you buy any printer. All right, that's good. Now, what's the next step up? Okay, well, in 13-inch, I'm going to say the Epson Stylus Photo R1900. And then that is a really nice printer for color prints especially, and that you can, uh, it also has a gloss enhancer, so you can really get that beautiful sheen across it. The only problem is because it only has one black ink, the black and white is not going to be as nice, especially as you're transitioning between different light sources like a daylight and if you go inside just look at, at it under like a traditional um, you know, lamp from a tungsten bulb. Um, but if you want to go higher, that's the R1900, it's, probably, it's about $500. But if you want to just step up from that, and I'm just going to stay with Epson now and then I'll go to others, it's the R2400 and the R2880 from Epson. And those have three black inks that get put down whether you print on glossy setting or a matte setting. So that really gives you these, this beautiful full-scale tonality. And you can use the Epson Advanced Black and White mode that just helps you dial it in. And then once you have a setting that you like, you can just go with it. And that cost is probably between around seven and 800 those now, So printers. what's the and, difference between those two printers, Andrew? Uh, the main difference between the R, uh, the Epson Styles Photo R2400 and 2880 the R2880 has a CD-DVD printing capability, and it also has this new Vivid Magenta and Vivid Light Magenta ink. So that helps to expand out the gamut or the, all the colors that can be printed on a specific type of papers. And it doesn't just help the reds. It, it helps anything that would you know, have a magenta shade to it. And these are 13-inch wide printers? Yes, those are 13 now, I, I used to use the Epson 2000, the 2200, had a 2400 for a while, always got great results out of that entire series. In fact, just like you, I got much better results than I did off of my iris printer that I used to own. In fact, I used to own two iris printers because the theory was they're like helicopters. You had to have two to make one work. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> and I then agree. I, I bought a Tektronix Phaser 450 back in the day for $62,000. It made six-month-lasting die sub prints. I was really proud oh. of that. Wow. So these printers are a bargain compared to what we spent back in, in the old days, and they're giving incredible results. I have not personally tested the 2880, have seen the 2400 at work. It is a great printer. Uh, while we're at it in this mm -hmm. price range and in this size, I know there are a couple of printers from HP and Canon that yes. are also quite good. What do you think about their printers? Because we all tend to go to the Epson. They dominate the market, but there are other players. Oh, absolutely, and I use them all. I've tested them all, and I have... Uh some good things to say. So the HP PhotoSmart Pro B8850, this is a 13-inch wide printer, and its sister printer, which is virtually the same, is the Pro B9180. These are eight-color printers, and they, they have multiple black inks, 
uh, either they'll put down either two or three black inks, depending on whether you print on glossy or matte papers. And it really helps to have those multiple black inks. Uh, the other nice thing is that you don't have to switch out an ink, like the black ink and the photo black ink, if you go between matte papers and glossy papers. That's a major advantage um, compared with the the Epson printers I mentioned, the, the 2400 and 2880. Even though you don't waste that much ink with those, you still have to go through the switching procedure. So HP got it right um, with that. Uh, also, they have this interesting drop-down uh, feeder so that you can put in for the Pro B9180 up to 1.5 millimeter thick board. So that's a four-ply mat thickness. So imagine what you can do, uh, wow. you know, you know, when you behold that, you know, you put that in your hand and you hold it like uh, it's really something. And a lot of people say, well, you're just going to put it behind a, a glass. But have you ever seen a lightweight piece of paper matted, say, just with a four-ply mat and the thing after a short amount of time starts giving you waves? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, won't, that won't happen if it's properly framed and you use a heavier paper in, in general. That, so, what about Canon? Okay. And well, I was just going to say those two printers are not that much different. The Pro B eighty eight fifty you can put in like about half that thickness, like a two ply mat. But otherwise, oh, okay. those are virtually the same. Um, now with Canon, you have the Pixma Pro ninety five hundred. That is thirteen inch wide. It's got beautiful black and white end color, so it has multiple black inks as well. And it does a great job. It's just a bit slower, I found, than the other ones that I mentioned. And um, before it was like up around eight hundred dollars, but as of just recently, I think it's closer to six hundred. So this is definitely a contender, and you can also put through heavy sheets on that. So Canon Andrew, Andrew when I was uh, judging prints for the PPA years and years ago, some of the Canon printers just came out, and there was definitely an issue with some of them with banding in solid colors, like in skies, for instance, or in, in light gray backgrounds. Have they conquered the banding issue? Yeah, I think so, and they may have slowed it down a bit because Canon, the dye-based printers like the Pro 9000 is one of the fastest of all the printers in that class. But I think they slowed thing things down a bit to get that right or to get whatever else they needed to get right. And you know, to wait a little bit longer is really not a big deal unless you're printing hundreds of prints. So right. I think they did. I think they did get it right. Good, good. All right, moving up, what's the next class of printer we can talk about? We, uh, we have a few minutes left. Okay, so the 17-inch wide printers. And here, really, the only one is to consider, well, there's two in this range, and there's one in particular, the Epson Stylus Pro 3800. This is just a really nice, it fits right in the sweet spot for so many people. And believe it or not, I just checked also on Epson's clearance. I almost sound like a like a uh, used car salesman, but it, it's now $900. That's and crazy. I know, because as a refurb, I have no problem with refurbs either. So what you're getting is, is a, a really nice, solid printer. I know you have one, 80 milliliter ink cartridges, which is about five or six times more than any of the smaller printers that I talked about. So, you know, just a really good workhorse. You can put out 17 by 22 prints on all different kinds of papers. Um, if you switch between matte black and photo black, there is some ink waste, but not as much, not nearly as much as its kind of big brother, which is a Stylus Pro 4880. That's the other 17-inch wide printer. Um, so the 3800 just fits the mode for so many people as long as you're making prints. You don't want to make a print and wait a year and then make another print. 
you want to use this thing, like at least one, I'm going to say two 11-14s a week on average, I think it would still make sense for you as long as you know, you're making prints on good papers and you're actually using, using it and enjoying it. The results I get off of this printer are stunning. I will say that I kind of miss the 13-inch printers just for the standpoint of they're easier to work with. And if you're if you're knocking out 8x10s, you can save money and gang print them, etc. But it's just a whole lot easier to print on a smaller printer. And that's, that's the only thing I miss about having the smaller printers. I also have a 9600, which is a beast. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and both of these things are just very difficult to deal with in terms of moving them, the weight issue, the space issue. I mean, the 3800, it takes up a big chunk of real estate. But imagine, actually, I should mention the Canon IP. There is one other in the 17-inch wide, and you were mentioning size. I was just about to mention this. It's the Canon IPF 5100. Now, this is a workhorse, huge machine. It's like over 100 pounds, whereas the, the Stylus Pro 3800 is just about 45 pounds. So if there is a contender in the 17-inch wide, it's this uh, Canon IPF 5100. It's got like uh, um, multiple black inks, I think four different black inks. So it really produces beautiful black and white and color. And it is a, a workhorse and a speed demon. So it's really fast. Yeah, we're really so. getting now into the category of commercial printing. Uh, if you're doing a lot of prints, these are the 17 and above, that, that's not going to be typically what the average hobbyist wants, right? Well, 17 really is a sweet spot for anyone who I think is a serious photographer, whether you're a serious a pro or a serious amateur. I do think that is a great space. Now, once you get into 24-inch wide printers, now it's a whole nother world. Um, they're generally just single sheet feed, so you can't put a few sheets in and just let it go. You, um, on the Epson side, you generally have to switch out the inks, which is uh, you know rather expensive on the 24 and 44-inch models. Um, and it, it's just a, it, and it's a bigger expense, so you really have to be using those. But the 17-inch wide is sort of, uh, if you can you know, find... A justification for say between nine hundred and fifteen hundred dollars uh, for the Epson or that Canon, uh, and are you going to use it? I think you'll be really, really happy. So the last class is the twenty-four inch. Let's finish up there. Do you have any recommendations in that size? Oh yes. Uh, we'll start with the HP, the HP DesignJet Z twenty-one hundred. Uh, that's very similar. It has eight inks, similar to the Pro B ninety-one eighty, and uh, just creates beautiful black and white end color prints. Uh, what it doesn't have is what its sister printer has, which is a Z3100. Now that has 11 uh, colors and black and black inks plus one gloss enhancer. And this really helps to sort of even out the gloss differential, which you may see if you hold a pigment ink print, especially on glossy paper at an angle, you may see like the, the really bright areas um, almost come out at a different, uh, they almost look different uh, across, and it's not even. So the gloss enhancer really helps. So that's the, in the DesignJet Z3100. That, that class of printer, both of them also have uh, an X-Rite spectrophotometer built in to both help you calibrate and profile, which are two different things. And it, it allows you to put basically any paper through and optimize it. And that, that's a really good uh, feature. Um, I should also mention they just updated uh, at least the Z3100 to a Z3200. So that, that has a little wider um, spectrum of, of red. So that, that should help get better reds. And 
um, Epson <laughs> just uh, they have the 7880 um, Epson Stylus Pro 7880 that is 24 inch wide and it's a great printer the only issue with that was again you have to switch between the matte black and the photo black but really a production printer all these in the three to four thousand dollar range and let me just mention what Epson recently announced was the Epson Stylus Pro 7900 and, and 9900 the 7900 is a 24 inch wide and this is What's interesting is these are not replacing the 7880s, for example. You think that just because they come out with another model, it's replacing it, but it's not. It just happens to have also the ability to do the, the calibration on the actual printer, and it has a, a considerably wider gamut. So they're thinking that print shops who really want to get close to that Pantone really bright colors. I mean, I saw about 50 prints, and I was amazed at how bright the colors are now in this new ink set with the 7900. So that's sort of the, the evolution as of now. And there's also the, the Canon series, which are fantastic. It's the, uh, the Canon IPF series. The Image Prograph 6100 uh, is the 24-inch wide. And again, just like the IPF 5100, it's just a workhorse. My friend actually has the 44-inch wide and he's, he's really happy with it. But the IPF 6100 is a 24-inch wide. It has a 12-ink system. It has four different black inks. And believe it or not, you could put up to 700 milliliter cartridges in that printer. That's you know, like a, you know, a, almost a liter bottle of water. So if, if you were just to, to hold that to compare it, it's, it's an amazing amount of ink. Oh, yeah. These are definitely pro level printers for sure. I uh, want to just briefly ask you, Andrew, is there any need for raster image processors or RIPs anymore? You know, I think for photographers, there's one really uh, you know, positive thing. I'm going to say two. But first, I'm going to talk about like a strict RIP. It's called Image Print RIP. This one in particular but from Colorburst Software, they have something called a fat black. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to pull out one of the black inks and get an, a black ink from them, and then you can use their software in the in the Epson Stylus Pro printers, the Stylus Pro 4880, 7880, ni- uh, uh, 9880, and you can avoid having to switch over when you go from matte to glossy ink. So that's a major advantage for someone who's running a shop who wants to run multiple papers. Okay. Um, can also print longer than the standard uh, widths uh, or lengths. Like uh, it's generally about ninety inches on on the Epson, so you can often go go further than that. Um, the other there's there's a lot of other rips, but one that I should mention is a fifty dollar uh, rip called the Quad Tone Rip, and uh, this is fantastic for people who happen to still have the uh, the Epson uh, Stylus Photo uh, twenty two hundred. This because this um, puts down a certain curve in a way that it uses the ink in a way that you normally wouldn't be able to, and it produces beautiful black and white. So if you happen to have uh, an R twenty two hundred, don't immediately upgrade if you happen to you know want to try this rip. So it's at Harrington or QuadtoneRip dot com, and I was amazed. Also, Epson Stylus. Pro 4000 users uh, will also see better black and white from this. 
That sounds like uh, there's still some call for rips. I remember that we used to use them a lot more frequently when I was doing commercial printing, but I think the, the profiles that we're getting are so good now, unless you're managing large print operations, it, it hardly seems necessary for the modern printer. Right. Again, it's it's what you do, and some right. of the other advantages are like with image print rip, you can do ganging up of of multiple prints, and people really like that. So that's a major advantage as well. Okay. Well, sounds like there's a lot to consider. We've talked about many different printers, and of course, it's sort of like gear. You can have a great camera. If you don't know what to do with it, doesn't mean you're going to get a good result. You can buy the best printer in the world if you haven't practiced with it. If you haven't calibrated a profile, use the right papers and inks, you're going to still have trouble. So there's a lot more to learn, and that's why I want to recommend your book. Why don't you give people the title of the book and where they can find it? Sure. It's, it's called 301 Inkjet Tips and Techniques, an Essential Printing Resource for Photographers. You can, the easiest thing to do is to go to the companion site, uh, which is inkjettips.com, and there I've broken down all the chapters. I've done something that I... I've also uh, seen in Mac World where I've linked articles inside uh, for each chapter. So even if you don't have the book, of course, I'd love everyone to have the book. But if not, you can just go into the different chapters. And there are literally hundreds of links to more information um, that is also embedded inside the book. So uh, I tried to make this book something that uh, will not be outdated, you know, like so many books in the tech field uh, are this book is really more of a reference, and I think you'll find for, for a number of years you'll be able to refer to it and just keep going back to the site to find new things. Great, Andrew Darlow. He's from the Imaging Buffet. He is my go-to guy when it comes to inkjet printing, and we sure appreciate you being on this week in photography, Andrew. Thanks, Scott. Can I give a little challenge out to uh, the Twip Twippers? You can. Okay, so I was at my mom's house just recently, and just over the years, I've given her prints, and it, it's such a nice feeling to see you know places I've been and, and just things that I've been able to give to her, pictures maybe of, of the family or, or my son, and seeing them hanging on the walls. Um, it really, really, um, I don't realize it, but every time I go there, I have a great feeling. So I'd recommend everyone make a print. It doesn't matter really what print you make it on, and find a frame somewhere, like there's so many frames that you can just put in a 5x7 in, and it's an 8x10 frame. It has the mat already. And give someone you care about a print. And uh, if you want, feel free to share that experience on, uh, on twipphoto.com. I love that. I think that's a great idea. I, I really wish more people would print. It's so difficult to talk folks into understanding the value of having that tangible piece of paper to hand somebody. But we'll just try our best right here in this show. Before we continue, I do want to say thanks to Drobo, who sponsored this podcast. Drobo is the intelligent robot that backs up all your photographs, or anything else for that matter. All of us at TWIP use them. They are an incredible resource. I use the Drobo with my Aperture Vault. It allows me to know for sure that my photos are backed up. In fact, twice because of Drobo's redundancy. I have them on a hard drive and on Drobo, and on Drobo it's the equivalent of having them twice. You can get a USB or a FireWire version. I happen to use both. I have a USB version that I use for my backup vault and the FireWire version, which I use as my primary drive. Currently, you can store up to four terabytes of data. That means three terabytes protected, but coming soon, larger hard drives. And that's the great thing about Drobo. You can plop a new drive in, no problem. 
If you have a failure or you get one that's full, you just get a little red light, you pop in a new drive, Drobo self-healing, and away you go. You can even pop in different size drives. Try doing that with a standard RAID system. Not possible. Check it out at www.drobo.com slash TWIP, where you can get a $25 discount on your next Drobo as thanks for your response to our support from Drobo. Drobo, the intelligent data robot, they are good friends here at TWIP, and they made this segment possible. 